2: Maybe I'm crazy, but I think there's a cult situation in Houston, like a like legitimate like with like cloaks. Like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm mad Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll talk to Ashley Nicole Moss. She's amazing. She is an iHeart radio host and host of Nick Fans TV. We'll talk a little Deshaun Watson, as I mentioned, a little cult situation there, a little Kyrie KD, James Harden with the Nets, um, Wentz, Breeze, some other stuff around the league. Also, we'll have the crazy gang here. So we'll check in with Donnie Heller and T and get you ready for the championship games this weekend. Um, Holmes, Josh Allen, Brady, Rodgers, what a weekend it's going to be. Hopefully, Mahomes will play. Uh, but let's get started with Ashley Nicole Moss. All right, very excited to have my friend Ashley Nicole Moss on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. You can check Ash out on iHeartRadio and KnicksFanTV. Thanks so much for jumping on with us. It was a crazy NBA night, a lot of good games, but we watched the Nets beat the Bucks in a very exciting one and Kyrie was not out there. What are you thinking about how the Nets are looking without Kyrie?
3: I'm nervous because they look good. They look really good and they look good without him. And, you know, I played basketball. and I think you hooped a little bit too. So, you know, that only one person can really be in charge of handling that ball. And right now it's James Harden. He does his best basketball. He plays his best basketball rather when he has that ball in his hand. So when Kyrie gets back and that was Kyrie's position before Harden joined the team, I don't know how they're going to figure it out because Kyrie's not going to be okay not having that ball in his hand and he's not going to be okay just getting 10 points a game so someone's gonna have to take a back seat it's not gonna be KD so it's either gotta be Harden or Kyrie I don't know who it's gonna be I mean Kyrie's already shown. well KD's already shown that he's an unselfish player that he can be an unselfish player you need one more you need one more unselfish player and I just don't know who it's gonna be so it's gonna be the battle of the unselfishness if you will I agree,
2: I think that they look great without him. I like Kyrie personally. I think he's a great player. I also think he does a lot of things off the court that people don't necessarily know about. He's not a big uh, publicity guy when it comes to like charity work and things that he does. But I will say, I don't like the whole absence from the team, not telling Steve Nash where he is, I didn't like how he started the season, calling the media pawns. Look, I'm a media nerd. I don't care if you don't like the media. It's not gonna hurt my feelings. Life will go on. The media will go on. The league will go on. We will all continue. You can have that opinion if you want to, which he since apologized for and it's whatever. I don't like you being away. And then we find out that you were at a family member's birthday party during a pandemic mask or not. You know what the protocols are you guys are different than everybody else other people are still celebrating birthdays other people are still doing things with their lives you play NBA basketball you know what the rules are and you're saying you just like need some time away the season just started
3: I mean I have like a 50 50 relationship with it. I totally disagree with the parting and I was you know critical of James Harden for doing the same thing when he was right. out with the baby in LA or Houston or wherever he was Kyrie has been vocal about his mental health and, and, you know, how important mental health is. I mean, he saged, you know, the TD Garden before they played there. You can see that he's a very spiritual person. He's probably a very sensitive person. That's always been a rumor about Kyrie. That's always been his reputation. So I'm all for players if they need mental health days taking them. But it's like you said, the season did just start. It is a shortened season. So exactly what it he didn't go into the bubble. So you didn't have that strain and then coming back a quick turnaround. So I guess I'm curious, just like everybody else, exactly what is it that is so draining to you that you needed to take multiple games off? One is no big deal. He missed like five games already, seven games, I think. So it, it's, it sends a message like, are you a prima donna? What is it? But I'm really hoping, you know, like you said, he apologized for it. That's all you can ever ask for somebody is to own up to their mistakes or, you know, their absences and move forward. And Wednesday is going to be his opportunity to do that. So
2: yeah, I really, I'm interested to see how they look together. I think that it's going to come down to roles because as you mentioned, everybody can't have the ball in their hands at the same time. To me, KD is the unquestioned leader. He's also the proven one. Obviously Kyrie has a championship, but you did that with LeBron. And you haven't had any success since then. Yeah. You know, we're just being honest. Like these are facts. It might not be comfortable facts, but they are the reality. Um, KD beat LeBron and won two championships and two finals MVPs. So this is KD's team to me. And then it goes down from there. Harden just got here. He's looking like he's fitting right in. So it's really on Kyrie to me if he wants to stay in Brooklyn how he's going to approach the rest of the season. And I'm with you on all, like, maybe he is sensitive. Listen, I stage my apartment a couple times a week. Like there's a lot, of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of energy going on, okay? Like I'm with you, but I still go to work. And if I can't make work for any personal reason, I'm going to let my boss know why I can't be there. Because me not showing up at work affects a lot of people. And that's part of being an adult and part of being a professional. And so I don't really like getting into the space where it's like, well, he, it's, it's just Kyrie, like, but you're not Michael Jordan, but you're not Dennis Rodman, but this yeah. is not the nineties. <laughs> like you need to be at work. And if you're not going to be at work, people are going to question if you like playing basketball that much. And it is a legitimate question. Nobody's saying Kyrie's not a good person. Nobody's saying Kyrie is uh, you know, a bad person away from the court, but this, we're talking about, prof- this is a profession and you're not there and you're not being professional about you not being there.
3: Yeah, I mean, that is a question, you know, Kyrie's been very vocal about his dedication to social injustice and fighting for it and fighting against it, rather. And I respect that. I'm all for that. And a list came out a couple hours ago of all the things Kyrie has done. I mean, most recently buying George Floyd's family a house. So I mean, Kyrie is about that action when it comes to off the court, but the two are not separate. You can be both. You can be a great athlete and a great activist. And I think Kyrie may be taking it to the extreme. Like he can't be both. He can't focus on both. And that would be a problem because If this is the team that everyone has to be the favorites to go to the finals, which it is, if you want to be part of this team, you have to show that you can, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time. And right now, it's kind of looking like he can only focus on one thing at a time. So Wednesday is going to be a big telling sign if he's able to be a beneficial part of this team because I think – if the season progresses and they get closer and closer to that trade deadline and Kyrie's not doing what Kyrie needs to do, I wouldn't be surprised if you see one more movement from the Brooklyn Nets. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be far-fetched to me at all.
2: No, I, I wouldn't be surprised either, especially the way that it's gone the past couple weeks with Kyrie. Uh, obviously it would be better to have Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant. Um, we all know what talent is. We work in a talent business. But at the end of the day, it's also got to be chemistry and you can't be a constant story on top of having a new coach, on on top of adding James Harden, on top of bringing Kevin Durant back, who hasn't played basketball in a while, albeit looking amazing. Um, There's a lot of moving parts there. Speaking of moving parts, Deshaun Watson, who I am a big fan of, (laughs) is unhappy, rightfully so, in Houston. I hate the Houston situation for... Deshaun Watson I want to see him in a situation where he can thrive it's very dysfunctional there now you've got these stories of this like chaplain who runs team personnel they've got some sort of like weird handmaid's tale thing going on down there which I am not (laughs) comfortable with at all Um, you have former players coming out um, talking about it so he hasn't officially said he wants a trade yet but It seems like for the most part the public is on to Sean Sean Watson's side. What do you think about the way things have gone in Houston for him recently?
3: Well I mean the culture in Houston hasn't been a secret. If you followed any of the players who have played there and have moved on I mean they've been very vocal once they're outside of that situation about what goes on inside the four walls of the Houston organization. So it's not a surprise per se I think for me, it's more of if I were his team, I would have, you know, pushed him to explore free agency. The culture has always been the culture down there. And it was after the Hopkins trade that he signed that extension. So I would have pushed more for an exploration of free agency, but that's neither here nor there. I think now, I mean, it's a lot of hearsay, a lot of conversation, a lot of sources. He has not come out and said, I don't want to be here. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think it's a very unfortunate situation because, yes, I know a lot of people feel like, well, why should he have a say in X, Y, and Z? He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He hasn't been to a championship. And on that side of the coin, I get it. You're not Tom Brady. You're not Aaron Rodgers. But when your franchise gives you their word, that they're going to include you in conversations that go ahead and affect you for the long term, especially after you sign an extension, letting them know you want to be here. You would honor that, you know, that word, that conversation. You would expect them to honor it. Never said that he expected them to pick his, you know, candidate for GM head coach. He just wanted to be included. His voice wanted to be heard. And they basically like dangled it, like, sure, we'll go ahead and listen to you, and then yanked it away. So now they're going ahead and doing all this damage control, but sometimes, just like in a relationship, when there's a lot of things that have piled up, I'm sorry doesn't feel the same after, you know, the 200th time. I'm sorry loses is its effect. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Houston... Obviously Houston doesn't want to trade him. They traded up for him. They gave away draft picks for him and they don't have a lot of pieces to rebuild. And there's only a few teams that they'll be able to get a lot of bang for their buck if they did decide to, you know, move him out of Houston. So only time's going to tell, but it's a messy situation, yeah. It is messy. And I've been saying that all week, like
2: it's communication usually that breaks down relationships and they did not, I always lose my mind when these things happen because I'm like, why would you promise something A, you don't have to promise. Exactly. And then don't even bother to do it. Like that's on you. That's just bad communication. And Deshaun has every right on top of the fact that he's been dragging this organization and dealing with all this dysfunction and this weird, uh, you know, cult situation on top of it. And then you're promising things and then you're not even, you're, it doesn't matter. Like, don't ask for my opinion, then don't take it. And then come wow. back and be like, no, no, no. Like, we want your opinion. We don't, we don't want, we did not mean to upset you. I know we
3: told you we were going to take your advice. Yep. Yeah. And sure, if you're- Sorry has lost its potency. Exactly. And if you're an organization who believes that you should only value the opinion of a quarterback who's brought you a lot of success, like a Tom Brady or, or an Aaron Rodgers, and that's how you want to run your organization, that's fine. No one's going to, you know, knock you for it. A lot of the times- sure. You don't see, you know, bench players giving um, their candidacy picks for head coaches and things like that. LeBron gets it; he's a four-time world champion. So if that's how you want to go ahead and run your organization, no one's gonna knock you. But don't say something and then take it back and not do it. That's just like, what was the point? Like, wh- what did you give? What did you make me think that I was gonna be part of something, and I'm not really gonna be a part of it? So I would be annoyed too. I would be extremely annoyed. And for Hopkins to be a two allegedly that was a two on his anger level. And this be a 10 that just goes to show it's about a respect thing. It's more about a respect factor than it is about the current culture or the bad season that this team just came off of.
2: Mm. So that part though, because it is about respect. Cause once you, once you keep dealing with situation after situation, after situation, and then you come to like an agreement or a conclusion, and then they still don't do it. It's like, yeah, you don't, you actually don't respect me because I'm with you. Most, organizations don't solicit their
3: quarterback
2: yeah, or anyone any players uh, thoughts or feelings about who the head coach is going to be maybe the coordinator position if you're like a star quarterback like Russell Wilson I think should be involved or at least his opinion should be involved and in who the new OC is there but yeah, you didn't have to promise this. So you just you just don't respect me at this point. Like you're just out here playing. I'm I'm on his side 100%. I also really want him to go to the Dolphins. So I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little
3: biased. Listen, but... there's a lot of talk that that is his. If he were to be traded, and a lot of people are saying, well, how can he be traded? He has a contract. The no trade clause basically works in his favor. Like he can go ahead and determine where he wants to go and there's a lot of conversation Miami's at the top of his list he likes the culture he's always you know he's had success down here in Miami in the Orange Bowl in 2015 you know he has a history with Miami on top of that there's no property tax down here there's Mm no you know what I mean you can go ahead and pocket a lot of that cash just like you can in Texas so you know I know the Jets you know are in the conversation allegedly but New Jersey taxes are no joke. You don't want that smoke. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
2: in California. I miss Florida taxes so much. Listen. The first time I got a check out here, I was like... (laughs) Where's the rest of it? Where is the rest of it? What is this? It's not a game. Um, So I also want to talk to you about uh, Carson Wentz. It's a very strange phenomenon. It's not really a phenomenon. It's just a thing that happens. And this is why I can't be in charge of nothing. Like God knows where to put you in life. Like I can't, I couldn't be a billionaire owner of an organization because the first time the head coach and quarterback comes to me like, yeah, we don't get along. I'm like, honey, why is this my problem? <laughs> like did, I, did the checks not go out this week? We, the checks went out, payroll went through. So you got your 12 million? Oh, okay. Did you get your 5 million? Yeah, okay. Why do I care? Why yeah. do I care if you don't get along? Mm-hmm. Why is this my problem? go see a therapist, you know what I'm saying? Meditate, do your breathing exercises. I don't care what you got to do. But now it's coming out that there's sources coming out of Philadelphia, which seems to be a complete disaster, by the way, um, which they've done a really good job. It seems like Peterson did a great job of keeping all of the dysfunction controlled. Now all the stories are coming out and it's like Wentz doesn't want to be coached and it becomes a pissing match between him and the head coach and he doesn't want to be coached hard. I'm like, I'm good on Wentz if I'm a, if I'm an Eagles fan, I, I now Eagles fans are mad at me for saying that, but I'm like, you got Jalen hurts. And this seems like a toxic situation. And, and Wentz had needs an, an attitude adjustment, what do you think about what's going on in Philadelphia?
3: I'm with you. I'm good on Wentz. And I've actually been good on Wentz for a couple of seasons. And yes, I'm a Cowboys fan. So, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's a biased conversation. Okay.
2: Right? But hold on though, before you continue, I have always been on Dak Prescott. Because Dak and Wentz are constantly compared to each other. And I've always been like, Dak is more durable. He is a better leader. He has been able to handle the, the media in Dallas, which I would compare to Philadelphia. I mean, obviously, they're much more intense in Philadelphia. But, like, you don't get more coverage than the Dallas Cowboys. So I've always been on Dak Prescott when it comes to comparing them to. Continue.
3: No facts and I think it was always been it always been an annoyance to me that you know Carson Wentz gets credit for a Super Bowl he didn't play in and that was kind of like you know the checkmate whenever it was a Dak Prescott Carson Wentz conversation comparison. I'm just like let's not even go there because you see what it is like when he actually plays a full season he can't last but that's neither here nor there. I think Carson Wentz has kind of just overstayed his welcome in Philly and I think it would be a different conversation maybe if Jalen Hurts never really emerged and we never saw what he could do but you have a quarterback who can run the ball you have a young quarterback who obviously is going to be more durable you know God willing so why are you so hell-bent still on having Carson Wentz I mean if anything I would be annoyed as the Eagles fan I paid you all this money I can't get much use out of you. You didn't even bring me a Super Bowl. And now you're telling me you don't want to be coach. You need to be coach. You're not Aaron Rodgers. You know, Thank you! Thank you! You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be out there running plays yourself. Like, you're not that guy. And it just reminds me of when Peterson came out and said, you know, he had, like, following directions from, you know, the higher-ups as a coach. Like, that's your job. What do you mean? Like, you guys think you're Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant out there. You can't – no, you need to be coach. You're not that guy. Like, cut it out. So if I were Philly and I were the Eagles fan base, I would be like, listen, if Carson stays, he stays, but he better not be my starter. And if he goes, I'm good either way. I don't think it's a loss if he leaves. I really don't.
2: I think it would be good for everyone. It's a very toxic situation. I know that they want to, they essentially by firing Peterson said they want to stick with Wentz and obviously they're paying Wentz. So maybe it's just too big of a pill for the owner and the GM to swallow to to have to pay him and have that cap hit and not have him there. But I'm saying that's not how winning organizations are set up. I don't get it i mean i just i can't i, I don't well look yeah. we can't relate to just I doing whatever we want
3: because <laughs> everyone will be fired yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to be here you can go you don't want to follow directions you can go too like everybody can go i will restart this organization every single season if i have to don't play with me yeah. i know but that like and that's not even
2: really like what they should have done doug peterson just won a super bowl you just fired a Super Bowl winning coach. I don't know if y'all know this. You should because it's the only Super Bowl you have in your organization's history. But those exactly. things are hard to come by. And you just fired the head coach because what? Because Wentz doesn't want to be coached. Everyone needs an attitude adjustment. Everybody. And let's just all just take it down a couple notches. You and should have won this division. You should have won this division, but the division was trash. The division that. was
3: trash. How did you not even win this division? On top of that, I was shocked they even fired him because they threw that last game against, you know, that last game against the Washington football team was not an actual football performance. I'm not going to go out and say they went out and purposely threw the game. I'm just going to say that did not look like a football performance. And they still fired him. I I I don't know
2: who made that call, but it certainly wasn't the players who threw that because they were pissed. Yes. Rightfully so. I don't know. It's a it's a messy situation there. Finally, before I let you go, we probably watched Drew Brees' last game uh, in the NFL. I know I was very sad. I actually really like Drew Brees. Uh, I know we had a, a little incident earlier in the year where he was talking about uh, the flag and I thought he handled that well and had conversations that he needed to have, which he should have had before but that's neither here nor there. Other than that, he's been an incredible ambassador for that city, for that community and had an unbelievable career. Um, what do you think of Drew Brees career assuming that he is going to retire?
3: I mean, I'm sad he couldn't get one more trip to the promised land. I really wanted it for him and I wanted it bad. Um, I mean, and it's sad too, because if that were his last time in the Superdome and it's half empty like that, Knowing the energy of New Orleans. And we've talked about this. New Orleans is one of our favorite cities. And anyone who's never been does not know the vibe of New Orleans. It's the best. It is, like, one of the greatest places in this country. And for him to have his final hurrah, if it is his final hurrah at the Superdome, knowing what it is like during a championship or playoff-level Saints game, and for it to look like that would break my heart. But, I mean, you know, Father Time's undefeated. So, I – I don't know. I don't know if he does come back. I don't know if the Saints can go ahead and make it to the Super Bowl again. It's just it's getting harder and harder every single year. I mean, he did not look like himself out there towards the end of that game. I mean, three interceptions was just unlike Drew Brees. If you go back like five, six years ago, that was unheard of. So I'm a fan of guys leaving on top. And this isn't the on top that I would have wanted, but I'm afraid if he comes back, he's going to be leaving at an even lower level. So I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm torn. I need to see Breeze one more time. But I'm just like, uh, I don't know what to no, do. Yeah, I'm with you.
2: I hadn't thought about that. I felt like this was the last hurrah for the Saints, the way they are currently set up. They're going to be way over the cap. They went all in with Breeze this year. And I actually picked them to get to the Super Bowl this you year do? because of that. So I'm with you. I don't if they run it back another year. He obviously doesn't. He looked old in this game, for being honest. He's going to look older and everyone else is getting younger and better. So it it could look a lot more messy than it did in that last game. But yeah, it was sad. And it, it was like a moment where he's walking off and you could see him like turn around
3: one more time. And I was like, oh. God. And did you did a video of him and his wife like embracing on the field and his kid. And I'm just like, don't do this to me, Drew. I know. Because we all had that
2: moment like. My mother moved out of uh, not our childhood home, but like the the house I I, like lived my last two years of high school and she lived in for like the last 20 years or whatever, and she moved out of it. So, you know, you have that moment where you just kind of like look back one more time, just like take a little take it in for a second, you know, before you walk out the door, you you know, you leave in someone you're like, (laughs) you know, you take like one more little pause and you can
3: see it in his eye. One deep breath and just absorb all the energy from the space. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. I I and you could see he was tearing up. Like there's a a picture of him and all the media surrounding him. And he has his helmet off and he's just like you just see it in his face that this might be it. And it's just it's not the way I wanted to see it. It's not it's not how it was supposed to go in my head. It was a totally different outcome the way I envisioned it the beginning of the season.
2: I could have handled him losing in the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. I would have liked to see him get there one more time. But yeah, it was uh, not, the, not the ending we wanted, but he had an incredible career. He left it all in the field. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You can check out Ashley, Ash Nicole Moss, iHeartRadio and Knicks Fan TV and follow her on social media at, I want to make sure I get this right, Ash Nicole Moss. Um, and she's amazing, obviously. And one of my favorite follows and amazing on the NBA as well. And I don't know how you became a Cowboy fan, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind cowboy fans. My mother's a cowboy fan inexplicably from Pittsburgh. So As I get it. That's
3: what doing. Listen, the Cowboys brand. Right oh, okay. So here yeah. I am.
2: <laughs> well, thanks so much, Ash. Stay safe. Really appreciate you coming on with us today. Of course. Thank you. What's up, Heller? What am I winning or quitting this week?
4: Uh, What's up, Joy? Probably going to be some football stuff because it's championship weekend coming up am i right hey
2: very excited
4: yep a lot i mean it's gonna be tough to top 12 straight hours of football like last weekend but i'm sure they'll find a way um okay like i said it's championship weekend joy we're very excited Uh, We'll get things started uh, with the conference that is broadcast the second best, the AFC. Assuming Patrick Mahomes can uh, can go after that nasty neck crank knocked him out of the divisional round, this matchup is a slobber knocker. The two most electric arms in the game face off as Josh Allen and the Bills take aim at Arrowhead. Joy, the Chiefs aren't going to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, wit it or quit it.
2: Quit it! They are going to back-to-back Super Bowls. I do think that Mahomes will play. Um, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> uh, I don't have any firsthand knowledge TV. of his uh, injury, and I don't know. Shit. But I'm watching TV like everyone else. Yep. It like he was choked out. And Jake Glazer made a great point on the herd today. Someone who does these things because he practices MMA. Yep, you can choke someone out in like two seconds if you get the right vein, which I haven't been able to find yet. But which Hopefully I guess you don't. Um, you can choke someone out pretty quickly, and that man had his whole fist in Mahomes' neck. So I don't know that it was necessarily a concussion, in so much as they were putting him through concussion, right. trauma, which they should have done. So if yep. it was in fact that because he didn't hit his head, so if it was in fact that he was just choked out. Then he will be fine to play on Sunday. And even if he wasn't, it's a full week and you usually go through concussion protocol. Unless it's a really brutal concussion protocol, you're usually cleared within a week to come back and play. Right. So I think he will be out there. And, but even if he's not, I'm still going with the Chiefs to be honest with you. I know it's crazy. Anything is possible. I think anything is possible. And the Chiefs, man, I mean, Mahomes was hobbled. And he's still going to be hobbled. Like, he has a toe injury. Like, it's not It's not a small thing. He really looked like he was in a lot of pain before that happened. So it, he, he's not at 100%. I really think that the Chiefs are going to win this game. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. I think the Bills are going to have a good performance. But the Chiefs are just a machine. And Andy Reid is playing or is coaching unconscious. I mean, who calls that play for that was sick. I mean, my God, the gonads to do that that was sick uh is amazing so I'm gonna go with Andy Reid in the spot the Bills have had a great season um really impressed with Bills fans uh I thought it was really cool what they did donating all that money to really cool um Lamar Jackson Jackson, Mm -hmm. uh, all the money that they donated to um the hospital in uh in Josh Allen's mom's name um they're just very supportive they deserve to be here they've had an incredible season i just think that the chiefs have done this before and they're they're, they're just going to go back to the super bowl my they were my pick before the playoffs started and i'm going to stick with it so i think that they go to the super bowl i think they win this game and go to the super bowl
4: i had the bills so i'm going to stick with them of course uh you made some good points though and i really kind of just want some hennessy if i'm being honest <laughs> after hearing anything is possible. I have some also within eyesight of where
2: some Hennessy right mine's,
4: there. Right, mine's right over there actually right over there. Um, but, uh, the, th- and the thing that I think is most interesting about this game and I'm assuming Patrick Mahomes plays because that's, uh, how God would want it if such person or entity existed, but the bills are trying to announce themselves as for real. Whereas like the chiefs are trying to proclaim themselves as a dynasty moving forward. So I just think it's a really interesting dynamic between these two incredible young quarterbacks and these young teams that are very exciting. Uh, So I think, I think we have a lot to look forward to. And the only thing though, let's say the bills beat them, right? Go on, win the title. Now they're vying for the top of the AFC moving forward. That makes one of them, Tom Brady, the other one of them, Peyton Manning, and that makes Lamar Jackson, Phillip Rivers. So that's, a, that's not a site that we want, but uh, you know, a, a site that I would want to see is the bills in the final game.
2: I wouldn't hate it, but I think the Chiefs are going to win.
4: Okay. Um, good deal. All right. So now to the NFC where age ain't nothing but a number joy. The AFC has the young guns. The NFC definitely has the old dogs, but both of them old dogs can still hunt. Brady's Bucks just exercised their demons, beating the Saints the third time around. Rodgers Packers look to avenge their 38-10 Week 6 loss to Tom's Pewter Pirates. Joy, the Packers ruin Tampa's plans for a Super Bowl home game. Wit it or quit it?
2: Wit it. I think the Packers win this game. Um, I thought that the Bucks were going to beat the Saints, so I wasn't horribly surprised at that outcome.
0: Yeah, same.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Packers are just – they're the one team in the in the championship weekend that everything is just clicking and smooth.
4: All cylinders.
2: All cylinders. We love all the cliches around mm-hmm. here. But that's just the truth. They look incredible. Aaron Rodgers looks amazing. Their offense is running amazing. Their defense is not having an issue. I, I just – I, I just trust what the Packers are doing. Like the, the Bucks have been playing great, but they have some vulnerabilities. And it's Lambo. It's likely going to be snowing. We know it's going to be cold. And Tom Brady, he's he's a Floridian now.
4: He's a cal he's a Floridian now. He's he only remembers being a kid out here and now living in Tampa Bay and being tan as hell. So
2: and listen, your blood thins quickly. Your skin
4: I too, go. I think. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh,
2: tell you from experience you get used to that heat real quick one good summer in that humidity and you'll forget all about those freezing cold winters in new
4: yeah. um, getting so, the ice off your windshield
2: yeah it's a different well i'm pretty sure you're gonna rush go but still it's a different Never. lifestyle so i'm i'm gonna go with the packers in this game i can't believe we get to have this game like i can't believe we have aaron Rodgers and tom brady in the nfc championship game unbelievable this is definitely a game we're going to be talking about for the rest of our sports lives so i'm really looking forward to this the most it might be brady's last year or second's last year so we may never see this again and it's just it's really historic like mahomes uh allen feels like we're gonna we're gonna see that a few more times right um, that's
4: that's that's round one this is yeah. round 12 for these yeah. guys
2: uh round 12 oh whoa i you did there hey
4: but um,
2: I'm really 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 looking forward to it and uh, I think the Packers win because they have the better team um and they have the better quarterback right now even though Tom Brady is playing amazing uh, yeah. but it's it's a very like I mean as far as the coaching goes like the floors Ben's in the NFC championship game but it's not like he has Super Bowl pedigree Bruce Arians yep. head coach like this is a unique spot for that's him that's a good well. point um, as far as that goes, pretty pretty equally matched when you look at it. I mean, Bruce Arians obviously has Super Bowls as an assistant, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think Packers win this game, but I can't I cannot wait to see what happens.
4: Yeah, it, it's going to be amazing. Um, it's a it's I've managed to twist this into another big win for the Bay Area. You've got Tampa Bay, Green Bay, so it's just a big Bay game, and then l- more much more legitimately than that, we've got two of the best quarterbacks to come from the Bay Area ever um the sign- yeah so rogers is from up there brady's from up there those are my guys hella 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 um i see the sign behind you that is awesome from brian flores it says there's joy in hard work and i've really felt from aaron rogers these last couple of weeks that there's joy in whooping that ass like he is having so much fun out there he's not just serving these dudes and being humble about it anymore he's smiling in their face i heard he likes to like have mundane conversations with dudes while he's just running them around the running around the field. And, you know, it's going to be cold. So his mobility could be the difference like that touchdown that he scored last week, where he just went like this with the ball and everyone jumped out of his way. And then he walked into the end zone. Like I think, I think we're gonna see more of that, and that could be a deciding factor in what's hopefully we're hoping for snow, right? We want this to be snow, right?
2: Mm, I really don't want snow. What he was diamond anyway? It's fine. Big snow person. It, it, it's it's cute. Everyone gets all excited. Football weather? No, it's it's not football weather. It's what? not fun. It, it, it only val. It's only valuable to the home team. I, I want to see the best football. I don't want everyone out there freezing and okay. Snow. No, I don't want.
4: You- you have, you have every right to scrooge it up about the snow. But one thing I've learned lately uh, working with Marcellus, who was an uh, all-world uh, defensive end like your brother, um, it's harder to play defense in the snow because you can't – like the offense knows where they're going, and so they just have to make a cut where they don't fall down, and then the defense is slower to react. So Rodgers was proof of that the other couple weeks back, I think, when he was just diamonded up in the snow. So I think it could both be snowy and it could be an offensive explosion. And that's what I'm rooting for.
2: I just want the best football.
4: I just told you what the best possible football was.
2: It's not good for the defense either.
4: You want the best, the best possible football is not the best possible defense, Joy.
2: (laughs) I want the best game. If the snow helps that, fine. But I don't really believe that it does. Um, But I'm looking forward to it either way. Hey, Donnie. How you doing?
0: I'm hanging in there. I uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. The uh, lions are being the lions. I'm 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 okay though. I'm okay.
2: Well, I mean, the good news is that you guys are going to be super motivated.
0: Yeah. Right. That's the good news. I mean, I'm,
2: You're I are not going walls
0: in the facility yeah, gonna because some... everyone's
2: going to have ran through them. But right.
0: Great speeches though. We'll have some great halftime speeches like after we're down 35-10 and like, yo, go get them guys. And then we'll have a comeback that will will ultimately fall short, which is how we normally do things. So
2: pretty normal. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Lions inexplicably are planning on hiring Dan Campbell who can't get hired as an offensive coordinator um, or you can't get hired as a coordinator at all. uh, But- Motivational speaker, head coach.
0: Slash yeah, head coach.
2: I don't get it I mean I, I know of this this person because of Miami and he yeah. came in as the interim coach after Joe Philbin was fired mm-hmm. and everyone fell in love with him in like three seconds
0: good press conferences
2: I mean you know he's got the tight shirt going
0: yeah yeah he's got the and he's neck like, and the shoulders yeah that,
2: like thing they do where they t- I don't know how they do it they like tuck the shirt like this
0: <laughs> yeah look extra beefy beef up the beefiness yeah, he does that
2: I don't know it. it's a very it's a very Detroit hire I'm very sorry about it
0: we'll see I mean I feel like uh his coordinator positions who he picks as his coordinators will be a that'll be the ultimate deciding factor for me so I'm I'm disappointed but I'm still waiting to see because you know uh Jim Caldwell he's he's still out there so
2: he is coordinator
0: <laughs> it's still there's a chance bring him back my man Caldwell <laughs> um well what's going on in high key low key this week All right, high-key, it's pretty much safe to say that the AFC North was the best division in football. You had three of the four teams making the playoffs this year. Low-key, it was the team in Cleveland that ended up being the last team standing before ultimately losing to the defending champs. Joy, the future of the Browns, is it a bright one?
2: I think it is, actually. I think um, very, very early next season predictions – um, so I have lots of times time to change my mind, but I mm-hmm. think the Browns could win the division next year. Okay. Um, the Ravens obviously are going to be making a lot of adjustments. Look, Lamar Jackson is still great. He's going yep. to continue to be great, but they got to get over this playoff hunt. I understand he was injured, but like it was the score was three, three at halftime. So they they've got a, I mean he got his playoff win so that's done now we yeah. have got to make, get better like that next step and i think they will um the sealers have big ben and a lot of dysfunction as far as uh on the field mm-hmm. <laughs> off the field mm-hmm. not so much but like you got to figure out how to put all this together the the bangles are going to be better burrow's going to be back but there's a lot of questions in this division despite the fact that it is the most competitive division in football three teams in the playoffs this year for the AFC North. So I think it's totally winnable division for the Browns. They finally have a culture. They're going to stick with Baker as they should. He's done enough to show that he can, he can run this team and run this offense. Kevin finally come in and set up a culture and a standard there in Cleveland. And they have an identity. I love it. I don't like duds. I don't like Cleveland, but I don't like duds more (laughs) than I don't like Cleveland. It's the worst to have no offense the lions on your schedule or the Jags or the Browns. And you're just like going down the win loss and you're like, ugh, this yeah. team, you know? Yeah. And then it becomes like, they, they get the freakish win on you somehow. And then that's annoying. Like nobody wants that. Just be a competitive team.
0: Go out there
2: play good football. It's so much yeah. nicer to watch good competitive football than it is to watch a trash team get rolled every single week. Jets was unwatchable this this year Texans for the most part other than Deshaun Watson unwatchable nobody wants that so I'm I'm really glad they finally have an identity I'm glad that that they put it all together and I think that they could win this division very easily next year
0: nice so I'm assuming this changes your former position or possibly former position on OBJ uh staying in Cleveland do you think that that that's the move now
2: no, I think OBJ is out of Cleveland, but that is okay. not a reflection of a failure on OBJ or on Baker. Odell just never fit with Cleveland. Yeah. It never was going to work. I hated it from the beginning. Um, I, I thought it was just, it-, it just wasn't a good mix. Like o- Odell needs somewhere where he can shine. That's not Cleveland. It's yeah, not Cleveland. And they did better without him out there because Baker felt the need to force it to him. And that's not, that doesn't mean that Odell's washed. It doesn't mean that Baker's bad. It just wasn't a good chemistry fit on the field. Maybe they love each other, who knows? But on the field, it didn't work. The numbers reflect that. So I think Odell will end up somewhere else. He'll be traded and it'll be a better situation for everyone.
0: Yeah, everybody wins. That sounds nice. All right, high key. The Rams fell short Sunday against the Packers due in part to Jared Goff's thump or his lack of thump. Loki, with Sean McVay saying Goff is the team's quarterback right now and that things are being evaluated. Have we seen the last of Goff in the blue and yellow horn helmet?
2: Rams up. Rams up. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so. I think Goff's going to be back. There's a report today that they, you know, they need a little relationship work, Sean McVay and Goff. I think hmm. Goff lost a little bit of his his. Mojo.
0: You know, yeah. it was a mojo, it yeah. was a
2: thing. Yeah. And a lot of people have doubted Goff throughout his career. I remember his first year was a bust. Yeah. And then Juan McVay and turned, it, turned it around. And then they were in a Super Bowl. I still think that the Rams have a Super Bowl capabilities. They need an over-the-top receiver. They need someone who can open the field up. We know Goff has a big arm. It's not like he's incapable of getting those big chunk plays. But it just feels very mechanical. It feels like they're relying a lot. On acres, and it again, it feels like Goth has lost his mojo. I understand he was hurt at the end of the season in the playoffs. Yeah. His thumb was like this, and like you just that it doesn't, it doesn't work. That's very difficult. Yeah. It's very painful, I'm sure, to play through as well. Mm-hmm. While we're just generalizing what happens, like he is out there playing in pain, on uh, on top of being, you know, really feeling like very lost. Yeah. So I think that they're gonna get together. This offseason and make some adjustments, but he's too expensive, really, to move off of. And I I think that they he still he deserves another year with the Rams to kind of sort things out and see where they can go. And they're not gonna get a high enough pick or make a trade anyway. So yeah, make it work. And I don't want to hear about Wolford either. Please stop.
0: <laughs> the Wolford train, you're not hopping on.
2: Choo choo. Backup. Like he had <laughs> that's what backups are supposed to do. This always yeah. happens backup quarterbacks. Yeah. A backup yeah. quarterback comes in and wins a game or comes in and does something different than the starting quarterback does. So then all of a sudden it's like, oh, why is yeah. he playing? Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. Why yeah.
2: is he playing? Because he's a backup quarterback. Let him go out there and do that for five, six, seven games. And you will be reminded why he is the backup and not the starter. Calm down. Jared Goff is the starter. And I think he will be next year. If it doesn't look, if it looks anything similar to what it was this year, then I think it's going to be a problem and they'll move off of them. But I think he deserves another year.
0: That's real. You took him to the Super Bowl. All yeah. right. High key. The saga in Houston is over. Not for Deshaun, though. We're still figuring that out. I'm talking oh, about yeah. James Harden. Yeah. The beard is in Brooklyn, and he'll have access to the finest beard care products with all those gentrifying hipsters. Maybe even add a curly, twisty mustache. I don't know. Low key, with two games under his belt, he and Katie look like they've played together already. Weird. They do. <laughs> Joy. Will the eventual comeback of Kyrie throw a wrench in this chemistry?
2: Well, as Ashley said, we're going to find out on Wednesday, at least the, uh, the first uh, grouping of them together. <sighs> I got a find I got a kind of funny feeling it will. I didn't love the way that Harden, I actually hated, didn't love, I hated the way that Harden left Houston. I am not the biggest fan of Houston and, and what that organization did. I didn't really love D'Antoni for being there that long and, But they did try and they did get him players and they did reportedly do everything he asked so i can't really be that mad at the organization so i I didn't love the way he he exited there i didn't like the way he was behaving going to parties and like it's all that's really like nonsense but he's in brooklyn now and he has slid right in and looks right back to true form and to, you know, the question that he was asked before, you know, they, they were boys when they were playing with the Thunder and they're grown men now. Uh, yeah. I believe Taylor Rooks asked him that and that's what he said after the game and he's right. They are completely different players now than they were before. I mean, Durant has championships and finals MVPs, Harden is an MVP and just scoring champ multiple times. And he's been the, the number one guy out an organization yeah. for several years. So there are two different players now. The, the, the question with Kyrie to me is, are you going to be able to play a role? Because that is just what's necessary. Anytime you look at a team that had success with three stars, somebody has to take a little bit of a back seat. We know that's not going to be KD. And let's be honest, it's not going to be Harden. So yeah. who is it going to be? And Kyrie doesn't actually even really play the position to take a role like that so it's very weird he's a little bit of reliability defensively pretty much the whole team is not really built around defense as we know right. but it's just um it's a very weird chemistry experiment. I hope it works I'm certainly going to watch and see if it works if it doesn't work though I don't think that there's uh, really, anything wrong with Brooklyn moving off of Kyrie? I don't love yeah. the way that Kyrie's behaved over the past week. I think people. I, I mean, I like Kyrie overall. I think he's a good dude. I just don't. I don't. Uh, call me old school. I feel like you should call your boss if you're going to miss work.
0: Yeah, that's a that's called a professional way of handling Yeah, I mean, I think profession. he's
2: professional. We all yeah. all can go through things. We all have stuff that we have to deal with. Kyrie's not special, Right. <laughs> like he's not unique in that sense. We all have families, birthday parties we wanna go to. We all have stuff going on. We just let the people know, we gotta let know what we're doing. And, and when we're working, we I can't skip work to go to a birthday party. I can't do that. I can't yeah. do that.
0: That's how jobs have always worked. That's just how it it's is. It's always
2: how they've worked. It's mm-hmm. worked that way. It works that way for a reason. Um, so yeah, so that makes me question, is he gonna be able to play a role? And every night, night in and night out, that might not be the case. But yes. when you get down to the playoffs, when you get to those crunch time situations, KD's the one taking that shot, period. Mm-hmm. I know you had a shot with LeBron, but KD's the one taking that shot now. And are you going to be able to play that position and ride those ebbs and flows throughout the season? You know, yeah. I think of someone like Chris Bosch or Kevin Love mm-hmm. or Draymond Green obviously each of those players are very different from Kyrie and Kyrie from them. But the point is, those are the third guy, right? You know? And then when Mm -hmm. KD went to golden state, Draymond became the fourth guy, you know, you have to be able to be flexible when you have that many stars on a team. And then every, everyone else on the court and everyone else in that squad has to also completely buy into what their role is, if they're going to be successful and when they get to the finals, they're likely going to be meeting the Lakers, who just did this in the bubble. And we know their chemistry is fine. I don't care about them losing to the right. Warriors. Um, this is a regular season game. It was a fun yeah. game, but like, I don't think that's a reflection of who they are as a team. Uh, so it, it's, it's going to be a tall task to put it all together. I just can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah. Things are only going to get more interesting from here. I think that's a fact. And I'm excited <laughs> to see <laughs> See it, what's going to happen. I don't know. All right. High key as it stands, the Eagles are a team with a head coaching vacancy and a little bit of a co- quarterback controversy, less than ideal low key with management, telling coaching candidates that they believe Carson is fixable. Is that a challenge that a prospective coach even wants to take on? I mean,
2: yes, I guess if you are a coach that, you know, your whole goal right now is to become a head coach. Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a risky prospect, though. I don't love it. I, I I thought initially this is a really good job. And then every single day since Peterson's been fired, it's progressively gotten crazier and crazier. There's new stories all the time. And now the most recent story is that Carson doesn't like to be coached and he gets into a pissing mass match with his coaches. He doesn't like to be called out. He changes plays if he doesn't like them. Like, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, who are you?
2: You are not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah. All
2: way. So you know, I, I've as I told Ashley earlier, I've always been on Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz, and for the longest, you know, everyone told me I was crazy. But you know, I'm like, he did have that. Sh- I feel like that stretch of that Super Bowl year, the 11 games that he played, made everyone freak out that he was like in the MVP conversation, and he's so much better than Dak, and he's like. He's living off of that stretch.
0: Yeah, This was
2: like some all-time unbelievable statistical stretch for someone playing that position, and it really wasn't. And Nick Foles was the one who went through and won the Super Bowl. That's why he has the statue. So I'm just trying to figure out who is Carson Wentz that it's even available to you to not be coached. Even Tom Brady wants to be coached. Aaron yeah. Rodgers wants to be coached. Drew Brees wants to be coached. Russell Wilson is demanding that he be a part of, his, of the, the next guy that's going to coach him in that hire. Who are you? Who are you, Mister Millennial? Sit down somewhere. <laughs> like you, that's I don't hear, Like Doug Peterson played quarterback in this league. Like yeah. he is the one that just coached the team to the Super Bowl. Like have some respect. You can speak up if you don't agree with something, but there's times in life like you're not playing well. Right. So, obviously, there's something that needs to be done here. Like, he got benched and no one was screening.
0: <laughs> yeah, go. So that's a smart move.
2: For you to sit there and be like, and listen, it's just a report, but like, there's enough going on in Philadelphia that something was wrong. We knew that yeah. they didn't have a good relationship. Yeah. I don't agree with him, with Peterson benching Jalen Hurts but this is a whole kind of situation there. And I just wanted to look at that stretch of games because we're always talking about Wentz in that way. So I wanted to go back and look because Carson Wentz essentially lives off of that 11 game stretch of the 2018 Super Bowl season and his numbers, right? Let's just compare that, yeah. (laughs) Let's (laughs) compare that stretch to Dak Prescott's rookie season. Uh, Carson Wentz 279 completions to Dak Prescott's 311 okay 279 of 401 Dak Prescott 311 of 459 so uh, Carson Wentz had a slightly better completion percentage Mm -hmm. less yards than Dak obviously played fewer games Um, 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions did uh, Carson Wentz had got sacked 31 times and had a rating of 102.2 Dak Prescott finished his rookie season with a rating of 104.9 what what is this like what is this fairy tale that we live in with Carson Wentz where he's like he set these all time he had like a Joe Burrow uh season like he he had a good season for a lot of games and then he got injured and then Nick Foles came in and finished the season and won the Super Bowl so let's stop acting like Carson Wentz is this individual that is beyond reproach I don't think his career is over. I don't think that he shouldn't play quarterback in this league anymore. I don't think it will work in Philadelphia. And yeah. I think I don't want to hear that you can't be coached. You've done nothing in this league. You've done nothing. That, that, that should even be a story that possibly gets out.
0: Yeah. It's, it's no surprise that this and the Houston job are like the two last remaining jobs. It's just like, who wants to jump into that fire pit? Because I mean, they're just like red flags being waved. Everywhere in Houston and Philadelphia right now. He's
2: toxic, guys. He's
0: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. toxic, sis. Leave it.
0: Leave Don't it. Touch
2: it. Yeah, well, they're not hiring women anyway, but you
0: know. <laughs> that's not an option.
1: <laughs> hey, T, what's going on in the Culture Report this week? Hey, Joy. So, one of our shows that we love is coming to an end. Um, Insecure will end after season five, Issa confirmed it, and obviously this show had a good run. And I am sad, but I started thinking like this could be perfect because it's like it's not too short, but it's not too long. I mean obviously like I hope that the last season will just do it justice and um, it ends on a high note, like Molly getting it together, um, her and uh, Asian Bay or Andrew happy and in love. I am hoping that maybe another guy will kind of come in the picture and he may possibly be the baby father. But that's wishful thinking. Definitely the state of Issa and Lawrence. I just, I mean, I want them to be together, but at this rate, I'm okay with her just finding like love and thriving in her career. Like, I just don't want to be stressed out. So I just want my happy ending uh, with Issa.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm very sad. I also wonder if it has anything to do like with COVID because that it's the last season because it's like, it's LA and um, obviously it's a fictional show, but LA is not really LA right now. So, <laughs> um, but I'm, I love Issa. We love the show obviously. So I'm disappointed that it's not going to be more seasons, but sometimes less is more. I'm, I'm watching Issa's masterclass right now, um, which is great. I highly recommend it by the way. Um, I'm watching Issa's oh. and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, so y'all can't tell me anything because I'm a slipper <laughs> But I'm very excited for the final season. I'm with you. I, want, I actually want to see Issa thriving in her career without a man. Um, mm-hmm. I think that like, and just letting that be the this, this storyline because obviously Lawrence has been such a big part of, and the relationships are like a part of the whole show. Like that's what it is obviously. Um, but I, I would be interested to see that. I also am, like dying to find out what's going on with this child. It's very upsetting. <sighs> Norris, we were all rooting for you. We were rooting for you. It's so like, don't
1: let us down. Oh gosh.
2: That is, that is but, stressful. I know it is stressful, but I love the show. It was a legendary show. I can't wait to see what she does next. Cause obviously she is not done so everything she touches is amazing so I'm looking forward to what she does bring for us next but I'm I I, it's bittersweet like you said like it's it's such a great show you don't want it to go on for so long that it then becomes like monotonous or weird so you want to end things before it gets to that point but it's also disappointing when your, when your favorite show leaves so uh, but Uh, I can't wait to see what happens
1: someone said that condola getting pregnant (laughs) he's just taking that out on the fans like that's why the show's ending and I just thought it was the funniest thing and I'm like no but I think like you said it could be because of COVID I mean who really knows but either way the show had it had a good run yes it was great so, so, so many people have been affected by the coronavirus, as we all know, because people are being responsible. I mean, Joy, it doesn't matter if, you're, if you've been tested a billion times, doesn't matter if you wear a mask, gathering in large groups is always a bad idea because it's how COVID is spread. So bow wow, like, I'm so confused. Like, why are you throwing a party? Like at the club during a pandemic and, uh, I mean, I feel like that some I don't know if people think that they're the exception and that they can't get the virus. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but like like no, like anyone can get it. I'm definitely happy that the party was shut down because this obviously isn't responsible. It's like people just need to be considerate and stay home and not throw parties in the middle of a pandemic.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, everyone is dealing with this differently. And you know, there's people who are having like small weddings and everyone's getting tested and quarantining before. and you know, people having small family get-togethers and things like that. And like overall, I'm not out here to be the moral morality police because we've been dealing with this for almost a year now, the shutdown, well, longer than a year, the world's been dealing with it. Cause again, it's a global pandemic. Um, but here in the States, obviously the shutdown was in March and we are mid January. So it's been almost a year that we've been dealing with it here. So people are fatigued and people are you know, unhappy and they want a release and they want things to be back to normal. And I totally get that. I'm not here to you know, judge everyone. It is real. You do need to get a vaccine unless your doctor tells you not to and we need to be responsible for each other but mostly like part big massive parties the clubs are probably not a good idea there's things i miss i miss going to dinners i miss um being able to walk outside of my house without raging anxiety um, there's things I miss, but the club is just not one of them. I've been to the club a bajillion times, way more times than the average person. I'm sure of it. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same thing every time someone's going to step on your foot. Um, you're going to spend way too much money. Um, to many people talking to you that you don't really want to talk to, you're going to make some bad decisions. Then you're going to go home or you're going to go continue to make bad decisions afterwards. That's just kind of how it goes there. I signed up the club night for you. Like the, the, the club is not the thing that I miss.
1: It's just, yeah. Like, Brunch. I miss brunch. Like I that's miss, brunch. I miss <laughs> like brunch. the club. Y'all can have a club. I just miss brunch. I want a mimosa. I miss
0: brunch
2: so much. I miss brunch. Oh, I miss brunch. Oh so god. Like business. a dart in the heart I when I say business. that. I'm like, oh and the rest of the country has no idea what we're talking about because you know right. we don't we don't have brunch in LA. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Everywhere else is brunch, but Uh, We also have the worst numbers in the entire world. So brunch is not coming anytime soon. So
1: the past four years, Joy, have been super dreadful. (laughs) Um, But now it's coming to an end. I feel like we can celebrate. Um, And I was skeptical about celebrating because I was afraid that some BS would happen the day of inauguration because this country, I mean, nothing would surprise me but the fact that it is virtual virtual i'm like okay like this we actually could celebrate a little early and just be happy that this is like technically tuesday the last day that trump's in office but you know what i don't know i like i just don't trust people to in this country to behave um i'm really excited to see you know biden and harris get sworn in and i'm definitely hopeful to get back to some sort of normalcy soon like you know and things like that, seeing family and friends. Uh, but one can only hope that Trump just kind of takes the L and leave, the shenanigans just come to an end. But nevertheless, I will be mildly celebrating in my house all week that this man is finally, officially out of office. Get
2: out of our lives. Oh my God. What an, it's, it's like, it was like all of us being in the same toxic relationship for four years. But we got kids, so we really can't leave, you know. But now the kid has graduated, so we are leaving. That's what's happening right now. I can't imagine what the conversations we're going to have when we're old about these four years. Like, because we're living in times where people, even though they try can't lie about what actually happened because we have video and we have the pictures and we have the Zooms and we have everything. Everything is documented, the tweets, right? We have everything documented about how this went. So like, there's no way to whitewash this time into into it being like anything other than it was. I can't even think about the inauguration because I'm so nervous (laughs) after what happened at the Capitol I'm like, can you guys just roll in there, like do the little thing with the Bible and say your little thing. And then, you know, yeah. let's just, just let's get a push. We don't want to waste no more time. I really don't need to hear J-Lo sing, to be honest with you. I don't need Lady Gaga. I don't even need all that. I really don't. I just, just get it done so we can just like get to cracking. Cause you got, you got a lot of work to do, Joe. You want me a busy man. Okay. Let's get started with getting these checks out. Okay, that's number one. All right, and then let's get this vaccine situation fixed. That's number two. You got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of work to do. This man done f- up this this whole situation really bad. So I um I'm really not that excited about it. Like I thought I would be more happy, and I'm more. It's like I'm exhausted, you know. So I like I'm I where whereas like the Obama inauguration was like this celebration of achievement and like power and equality and like momentous. This is like, okay, like, let's cool. Like get the sign in, you see the thing, you said the thing, pleasantly leaves, whatever you're gonna do, cool. We got it written down, good, get to work. Cause you, you guys should do. We you to do, we don't need to be wasting all this time or all this problem and circumstance. And I'm nervous. Like these people are really crazy. When yeah. you have to vet the national guard, we have a
1: problem. That's what's called an institutional problem. And I think you said that, well, first of all, the, I feel like the history books are going to be, like, insane. Like, just imagine, like, 50, 100 years from now when people are looking back on this time. Like, they're just going to be, like, just like, wait, what? Like, that's just going to be crazy within itself. Like, who told this orange man he could be president? And then after a toxic relationship, what usually happens? When the person leaves, it's like a sigh of relief. So I understand you not want to but You're probably just trying to take it all in, like, oh, my gosh. This is, like, really happy. He's really gone. Let me just... I mean, he ain't gone yet.
2: He said he's not leaving until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. So 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, I better wake up. I'm gonna be asleep. It's the it's the West Coast. So I better wake up to a Trump-free White House. And then yeah. you better light so much sage. I'm talking about you better walk through with a bush. like <laughs> This bush is <laughs> bumping in the walls. There's ash on the ground. Clean that out. Thanks so much for joining us this week, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you are safe and doing well. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Myself, Joy Taylor Talks. And you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia, and Apple Podcasts. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next week.
0: Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not.